thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey, everybody. I always have to talk on the beat. Yeah, I do. All right. Hey, welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. As you all know, I'm your sweet mumble host, Stacey Lynn Harp. And tonight, we have a very special guest on the show. Uh, somebody who I have been uh, eager to get to know and happy to introduce you because I know there's some of you out there who might feel stuck. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You know you're stuck in a right. You're kind of, you're like stuck in the mud, I bet. Yeah, you are. Well, I know. Don't, don't be mad that I said that. But as you guys know, that's like a, a button with me. And since some of you don't listen to me, I thought maybe you'd listen to my guest, Wendy. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you a little bit about Wendy. She is the mother of seven children. Yeah. I think that's right. So, yeah, seven Remember that show, Eight is Enough? Well, she has seven. <laughs> and uh, and she's an entrepreneur. Uh, she's been in direct sales. Uh, been very successful doing that. Now she's a coach. Uh, obviously a wife. And uh, on fire for the Lord. So, hey, what I want you to do is whatever platform you're on, take a moment and share. Because sharing is caring, people. Yeah, it is. Sharing of all types. Mm -hmm. So do that. And then uh, also, here's the other thing I want you to do too. I normally don't say this, but tonight what I want you to do, I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen. It doesn't have to be purple, but it can be a pen. Get some pen and paper because you're going to want to take notes. I promise you. Okay? You're going to want to take notes because we're about here equipping you. Last night we talked about uh, biblical worldview and what we do here on this show is offer you the opportunity to change but walk in the spirit right and uh, a lot of you because you are stuck well you know being stuck isn't always a bad thing in some ways like 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 those of you who are faithful and tune in all the time you're kind of stuck tuning in right so you're like got good taste but sometimes stuckness actually is not good for you. So that's what we're talking about. So I'm not even going to waste any more time. I'm just going to bring Wendy on screen. So Wendy Lee Stevenson is my guest. Um, she is somebody I actually know locally here in my area in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And, uh, and this, this is actually kind of fun because you're one of the few people I've actually met in person uh, <laughs> before I actually had you on the show. Usually I meet people through press kits first and then I go, oh, I have your book, and I've read it, and blah, blah, and blah, 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 blah. But you and me actually met at a coffee shop where we were yep. both networking, right? So, yeah. So, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Stacy. I'm excited to talk to you. And, yes, we've met each other several times at the coffee shop. 
I think we must have had meetings there the same time every week because <laughs> I saw you guys. I think it was a networking event you guys did weekly there. And I just happened to always be there and see the big crowd. So yeah. Yep. Good to see you online. Yeah. Legacy pizza, right? Legacy coffee and Viking pizza. Viking pizza. Yes. Right. Yes. Legacy move though. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So you, you were always there with your laptop having a one-on-one with somebody, you know, doing whatever it was you were doing. I was always, you know, at the big meeting trying to, you know, sell legal shield to somebody. <laughs> so sometimes me, huh? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes me. Sometimes you. You're a tough nut to crack, aren't you? That's okay. Um, but that's not why we're here tonight. We're here tonight because I actually heard you. I actually got an opportunity to hear you a little bit because you know, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes there's people that you meet and you're like, dang, I want to get to know them. But, you know, will you ever get to know them because everybody's so busy? And I mean, you're a mom of seven kids, which, you know, Mm. kudos to you. You know, that's crazy. It's awesome, though. I mean, when I heard your story with uh, with Lori, um, you know, I wanted you to come on. And and really, everybody, this is this is one of one of my heart's passions is that every person has a story. Mm. Right. I mean, when you wake up in the Bible, we all we're doing is we're reading the stories of, of people's lives uh, and how they've been transformed by the Lord. And Wendy has a story. So because I really don't know you all that well, really at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me. OK, let's start from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about your, your childhood and, and, and growing up. Yeah. So I grew up in South Jersey. Um, I, I call it South Jersey. People from New Jersey knows there's North and South and they're very different. It's either the New York or the Philadelphia. Um, grew up in South Jersey. And um, when I was seven years old, my dad's job moved us to Delaware. And then when I was 14, my dad's job moved us to Tennessee. And so I moved around a little bit as a young child. Um, and uh, anyway, my family is still all in New Jersey, my extended family. My sister moved back there. So I'm back there a lot, uh-huh. um, but moved here my freshman year of high school to just south of Nashville near you. And it was a big culture shock for me. Um, and I always, like, I grew up knowing the Lord. My mom got saved um, when I was a year old. And I was there when it happened. Of course, I don't remember. Um, but my mom was like sh- straight atheist. And she got saved in the apartment um, where we lived when I was a baby. And it's the weirdest thing because I feel like my whole life, I just knew Jesus. And um, we didn't start going to church until I was probably eight, eight or nine. Um, but just grew up in the church. was always a good girl for the most part. Um, got married though, really young, um, when I was 18 years old and had kids by 21, 22. And, um, I always wanted to be a singer. I, uh, did my first solo in eighth grade and, uh, my choir director in Delaware said, you're moving to music city. I had no idea. (laughs) Um, but you're moving to music city and, you know, you should pursue music. And so I thought that that's what I would do. I got a little bit involved in Christian music, um, through high school, but then I'll never forget. Actually, I auditioned for, it's so crazy how some stories come full circle, but I auditioned for 
a music group called Sierra. I don't know if you remember them. Nope. Um, but I auditioned for them and it was this lady, Wendy, her living room that I went in and auditioned. I was uh, 19 years old. And um, she said, Wendy, her name was Wendy too. Wendy, you're amazing. You're great. But you just got married and you're 19 years old. <laughs> like if you go into the music business, your marriage will be over. And I was like, well, that was harsh. That was a lot, right? Right. Um, years later, my first network marketing gig at 33 years old, the top, uh, the fastest growing person in the company was her, Wendy Green. Anyway, so crazy because I wound up going on trips with her and stuff. But she said to me later, I'm sorry for what I said to you. I mean, I was going through a hard time and travel was hard for me. Anyway, but the music thing never worked out um, I went, as far as professionally. But I wound up being a worship leader for about 12 years and um, worked in the corporate world, had kids, got divorced, got remarried, um, had another kid, and then accidentally found myself in network marketing <laughs> and it totally changed my life. It, um, I was able to replace my full-time income and double it. And my husband came home full-time and how we wound up with seven kids is I always had a heart to adopt. And, um, when our job, our network marketing business allowed us to be home full-time I was in church one day and we were sponsoring a little boy for years in Africa at an orphanage. We'd Skype with him once a month. And one day I was just sitting there and I felt like the Lord was like, Mohammed's your son. And I was like, you're going to tell my husband that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. mm. And anyway, so the next three years of our life was pursuing adoption, finding out he had an older brother, um, going to Africa to visit them and then falling in love with another little girl and then finding out we were pregnant with our fourth. So in a year and a half time, we went from three kids to seven. So it was a little crazy. Top that people. Yeah. Yeah. Top yeah. that one. That That is crazy. When I heard you tell that story, I was like, oh my gosh, the, I can't even imagine yeah. the the, did you, how, how did you deal with the stress of that? I'm sure there was a, just a little stress just a little. <laughs> um, I have an amazing husband, so that helps. Um, and he is very present. Um, but yes, it's been, I mean, it's been a hard, I mean, it's been a hard journey. Um, I think nothing in life worth doing is ever really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And sometimes the reward matches the challenge, you know, like the harder it is, the more rewarding it is too. Yeah. Um, and one of our, the little girl that my husband really fell in love with when we were visiting Africa, it's so funny because I was like, my husband was the director of Special Olympics in our county. Um, well, he still is technically, but uh, for a long time. And his heart is the special needs community. And, um, and I always said, like, your heart's with the special needs community. My heart's with African orphans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where my heart is. And so when we went there... My husband kneels down in front of this little girl who has cerebral palsy. And he looked back at me and he's like, oh, like she's got my heart already. And so that's our little girl, Esther, who we adopted. And so she's in a wheelchair, nonverbal. And I say with Esther, it was like both of our 
both of our hearts came together with her, you know, yeah. um, yeah. my heart for orphans in Africa and then his heart for special needs. So anyway, for a long time, he ran the special Olympics and everyone would say, Oh, do you have a kid with special needs? He's like, Nope, <laughs> but now we do. Now we do. So, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> did he ever say he had a wife with special needs? <laughs> but like, like a special need to love people, you know, I, I think that is so great. You know, that was supposed to be funny, by the way. It wasn't supposed to be an insult no, or I anything. <laughs> yeah. that, see, that is so, uh, that just so touches me. Because you know what? God gives everybody a gift, right? Mm. I, my gift is not adoption. You know, mm. I couldn't have kids because of a uterine thing. And, you know, and I, I didn't get that call, right? Mm. But I have a I have a burden for other things, like the gay community and stuff like that. So there's... You know, we have different callings and all that. So, okay, so let's back up just a little bit. So okay. you gave us the the thumbnail or the condensed, the, version. the condensed version of your life. So you're raised in a Christian home, which is really cool. Um, I wasn't. I had a radical conversion in high school, so that was kind of kind of interesting, too. Uh, but you um, got into direct sales, okay? Now, I actually last weekend, I think it was last weekend or maybe it was the weekend before, um, had a top million dollar ring earner in Legal Shield, a woman, uh, on the show, uh, because you know direct sales happens to be, as you know, one of the only fields where you can build residual income, and women get paid more in direct sales than anywhere. Yeah, right. So yeah. talk to that because I'm kind of on a mission, just a little mission, to you know to give direct sales a good name as opposed to all the all anti MLMers right. who are out there. I don't know if you've noticed the rise in these anti anti MLMers who like want to kill everybody who's in direct sales, but you're just, you're proof. You're, you're, you're more proof than I am that you can be successful in direct sales. So how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so I, I had that corporate career that I was really actually very proud of and, but I found myself um, in the 15 years in the corporate world, always hitting a ceiling um, one of my last businesses I worked for, I was promoting really quickly in the company and, um, they actually gave me like a whole division. And anyway, the VP of sales came in and spoke to me and he's like, you know, Wendy, what are your dreams? You're going so far in this company. You've been, you know, doing amazing things and you have so much potential. Like, where do you see yourself, you know, 10 years from now? And I said, well, ultimately I want to be the CEO. And he looked at me and he goes, a woman will never be the CEO of this company. Ouch. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> so that was really the first time that I like had it right in my face that, yeah, like me being a woman is going to hold me back, you know, and I don't take that well. <laughs> so um, I, it wasn't long before I was out of there. And, but I did find that my next two businesses that I worked for, um, and I, I hate to say that, but I did, I hit walls, ceilings being a woman. And it was spoken to me that way, plainly, that that's why. And, um, and so I wound up, you know, I loved my job, but somebody presented network marketing to me. And honestly, I had no interest. I thought that was like what, and I don't mean this ugly at all, but I thought it was like what bored housewives do. Mm -hmm. Like, 
for entertainment. Right. You know, I didn't think it was like a career. And so, um, I went to this shark tank. So I love shark tank. I'm Me too. Fan, I love right? that show. It's like okay. my favorite so, show. <laughs> yeah. So Damon John from shark tank did a seminar in, um, in our, in our town about creating residual and passive income and building wealth. It was a wealth building seminar. And so I went to the seminar with my husband and he's sitting there talking about building wealth. And he said these words that like hit me like a ton of bricks. He says, you will never build wealth with a salary job. And I was like, wait, that was my plan. (laughs) And so anyway, he talked about residual and passive income and all these different ways to do it. And everything required a ton of money to be able to do. And then I remembered this girl saying to me, residual income, when she talked to me about network marketing. And so I called her the next day and I said, Hey, let's meet for lunch. And she's also in music and she, she and I recorded. So the album you said you saw of mine, mm-hmm. we had the same producers at the same time for that. Her album and mine were at the same time. So I, she goes, oh, I thought you were totally going to talk to me about music because I shut her down quick about network marketing before. Um, but you know, I said, no, I want to know about your business. And so that night I signed up and it was, that was in October of 2013. And then, um, by January, I had like a $500 paycheck and I felt like I didn't do a ton. You know, I just worked it while I was traveling for work. Like when I was bored in my hotel at night and, um, and I thought that was really exciting anyway. And then it was this moment and maybe some working moms can relate, but I came home from a trip. I had traveled for four days. Um, I came home I had to turn around and leave for a conference that weekend. And my three, three three-year-old at the time, he's 10 now, but he's three at the time. He grabbed my face and he looked at me and he said, mommy, don't ever leave. And he had these huge tears in his eyes. I thought, what am I doing? Like, this is madness. I can't keep leaving my kids all the time. I mean, I was never home. Yeah. And so I thought, man, what if I could really make this thing work? And I heard a woman at a seminar I went to talking about the fact that she made six figures in the business I was with. And I thought, well, she can do it. I can do it. So I told my husband, I'm going to work myself out of a job. (laughs) It's like, okay, (laughs) let's slow down, you know, put a plan in place. And a month later, my boss called me and he said, Wendy, meet me in the morning with your phone and your computer. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm losing my job. And I walked in there with my son to meet him, give him my phone and my computer. And I said, I'm losing my job, aren't I? And he said, yeah, our divisions, you know, we got bought out and our divisions going away and you no longer have a place. Here's your severance package. And I was like, okay. And I took my son to New Jersey to visit family. We took a little vacation together and I came back and I just went all in. And it wasn't easy. I mean, there was a point in time that I was months late on my mortgage, um, but I knew this was the only way out. I couldn't go back to a nine to five job. And so by my second year in network marketing, I surpassed my full-time income. And before I hit my three-year anniversary, I was making well over the six-figure mark and um, just changed our lives. And it was an amazing thing. And to know 
that I could do it. And that I was helping other people do the same thing. It was just powerful. So, and then we decided to bring on more kids. (laughs) Okay. So let's go back just a little bit. Okay. So, uh, so, and you know, you can see me, you're seeing me down here, but I'm looking up there. So, (laughs) so the, so I love hearing this. Okay. Let let me, let me ask you a little bit about you. Are, Are you a firstborn? Yes. I knew it. I knew you were a firstborn. Okay. Because in your type A personality, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Because firstborns are driven, right? You know, like every doctor that you go to see, I don't care who it is, firstborn. Really? Oh, yeah. Ask your doctor. Years ago, I had a hysterectomy because of my issue here. And um, I go in. This this is so classic. I go in. She's like, okay, I'm going to explain to you how I'm going to rip your uterus out of you and all this other stuff. And at the end of the conversation, she's like, do you have any questions? And I said to her, are you a firstborn? And she was like, yes. And I go, that's all I need to know right there. Because firstborns and only children tend to be perfectionistic types. Yeah. And, you know, and all that. Uh, yeah. I actually. My little sister is the create, like super creative. That's nice. Yeah. But yeah. So you're a firstborn. Okay. So that's good. Um, which is clear. But in, but in direct sales you know, I, how do you say this? I think you have to work, you have to do the work, right? I think every direct sales company out there, probably for the most part, has training, personal development, coaching, all, all that stuff, because they want you to succeed. They want you to build a team, they want you to sell the product, right? So that they can give you money and you can get your residual income. What is it about you that caused you to actually do the work mm-hmm. required mm-hmm. because a lot of people will join. And as you know, it's like one in a hundred will, will become really successful, right? On your team. So you got to have a million people on your team in order to have a team that's going to get you a million bucks. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So what, what was it that drives you to do that? Yeah. To do it. I mean, I think there's several different things. Um, I think one is no matter what I do, I'm going to succeed because that's the way I'm built. That's who you are. (laughs) That's who I am. And sometimes that's hard for me as a team leader, you know, because I have to realize that not everyone is, is made like me and not everyone can, like, I know I have confidence that I can change my life if I decide to, you know, and I don't let circumstances dictate what I do. Um, I let vision dictate what I do. And so, um, I, you know, a lot of people ask me, how did you achieve so much success? I was like, I just decided I was going to, (laughs) and I learned and I was resourceful and I didn't stop. Actually, it's so funny because I, I'm going to tell you this story because I think it's powerful. And I just realized this the other day. Um, my very first corporate job, I was 19 years old. I came in as a temp. Okay. This is the girl that wanted to be a singer, right? And working in an office was never even a thought of mine, but I got a temp job filing folders. Okay. It was like no brainer, like easy work. Well, this guy, Jerry came in to this closet I was working in and said, are you willing to help me out with some other projects? And he was a sales guy for this company. And I said, sure. Like, I don't know. Right. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I said, sure. And he said, great. And he gives me, and I don't even remember what it was at the time, but he gives me all this stuff 
and it had to do with the EPA. Okay, this was a, a company that was creating pesticides that were organic anyway, but we had to deal with the EPA. And so he's like, I need you to figure this out. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm sitting here going, figuring this like, was he nuts? Like, I don't even know what this is. I don't even know what the EPA is. Right. Like, <laughs> and he, I went and asked him questions. And if I'm being real with you, he was a total jerk. Okay. And he came back to me and he said, do not ask me one question, figure it out yourself. And I was like, I literally cried. I went home crying because this guy was so mean to me and I didn't know what he like, I had no idea what to even do. And then the next day he's like, Wendy, pick up the phone and call that phone number. Start there, figure it out. <laughs> and guess what? I figured it out. I made so many phone calls. I talked to so many people. Three weeks into the job I did for him, the brand um, president came to me and said, do you want a job in marketing? And I was like, sure. And then he put me in the marketing department. And then I was in charge of taking our manufacturing process and taking our formulation from our scientists to the manufacturers, to dealing with the design labels and the EPA regulations and shipping to customers and customer service. I did all of it. And I, I always tell that story without the Jerry part. I always talk about, I got this temp job. I got this opportunity. I learned so much at this job. And it just the other day, somebody asked me, Wendy, what made you so resourceful? And that, that memory came back to me and it was the jerk, Jerry, who I now should go find and thank. Yeah. That made me ask questions and figure things out myself. And I think that's what, like, we're kind of lazy, right? Especially the younger generation that can Google anything. Right. And like, I think that just digging in and, and making up your mind that um, that you can do and be and achieve anything you want, right? That our circumstances, that's a big thing that I try and teach people over and over, that your circumstances do not determine where you go, right? right. Jim Rohn is one of my favorites. And one of the first courses I ever bought was through Darren Hardy. And it was all these Jim Rohn teachings. And he says, you know, it's not about the way the wind blows. It's about the setting of the sails and that we have control of how we set the sails. And so I just made up my mind that I was going to do it. I had no mentorship in it. The girl that brought me in had no clue what she was doing. So I found the people that were successful and I asked them really good questions and I did what they did. There you go. See people. That's exactly it right there. That. You just confirmed everything that I've been trained in, but also know intuitively as a firstborn leader, right? Yeah. But obviously you're not perfect. We all no. know that. Not because <laughs> none of us are, right? So there has to be some type of lessons you've learned in like team building. Um, because I know for me, um, one of my mentors, Lynette, she actually, uh, she quoted John Maxwell, uh, who everybody knows as saying uh, leadership is influence, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like leadership is just mere influence. Yeah, it is. John C. Maxwell. Yeah. But the problem is, is what kind of leadership and, you know, not hitting them on the head type leadership or I'm going to choke you if you don't meet this goal type leadership. Um, but, you know, 
<laughs> so how did you how did you learn to I mean you're a firstborn so you're a leader anyway but how did you learn to lead a team and recruit? yeah I mean so coming from the corporate world I was very competitive okay and so when I first I built a team really fast and so before I knew it I had like 100 people on my team and I'm like leaderboards and blah 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 and pushing people so my biggest <laughs> because I'm so driven my biggest issue as a leader was I did not have empathy um, I did not understand people that weren't motivated. Um, and I'm also someone that when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Mm -hmm. So I really struggled with people that said they were going to do something and change their mind a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, I hear you. Um, yeah. And so I really had to learn grace. I really had to learn different personality types. Um, the fact that we're not all built the same. Um, I had to become more selfless. And it's so wild though, because I mean, I've been in network marketing seven years. My team now would tell you that I'm the most gracious, selfless, you know, non-competitive leader, but that took a lot of personal development <laughs> to get there. <laughs> and a lot of kids, right? right? Huh? And a lot of children. Did your children yeah. help with that? Yeah. 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 I'm definitely patient and laid back and I wasn't I mean, I like, just to give you, this is outside of business perspective, but like my first marriage, my husband and I literally screamed at each other all the time and like threw things at each other. We were out of control. Okay. Past life. We know. would throw things at each other, scream. It was horrible. And then my husband now, I don't think my kids have ever seen us fight or heard a, a raised voice ever. And that's kind of almost how like my leadership journey has gone. Like I was like, suck it up, buttercup, you know, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> work it or get out. You know, I just, I was that when I first started and, um, and now like, I just, it, it just that evolution. And I, I don't know. And God, right. But I now truly, I can truly say, I'm not concerned about my titles. I'm not concerned about how fast I grow. I'm not concerned about those things. I now am truly invested in my team and I want them. I consider network marketing the, the, the gateway to entrepreneurship, right? It's the easy entryway. Personal development with a comp plan is what one of my mentors, Bob Heilig, calls it. Um, and it's a way to step in and learn what you're truly passionate about, what you're truly gifted in, and how you can, you know, I teach women how to monetize their genius outside of network marketing. So like phase one is like, come in, build a network marketing team, you know, a business, create that residual income that's going to pay your bills, right? Take the financial stress off of you, take, give you some time freedom back in your life, right? Help you develop as a leader, as a person, as a connector, as a friend, as an influencer. And then let's monetize your genius and create an investment stream of income. So like more money that you can do it like your passion project, right? And um, doing the things you love, monetizing it, and then invest that money in whatever you want, real estate, stocks, whatever, and then have that investment money working and paying all your bills. I don't know. That's kind of like the path that I see that I love that I want to help other women yeah. So everybody, do you have your paper and your pen? Like I told you, did you not write some of this stuff down? Look, I got notes. I like this vision, not circumstance. 
that was that's a nugget you people that is because let your vision drive you not your circumstance right uh like a lot of women are very emotive and let emotion control them instead of controlling the emotion and there's nothing wrong with being emotive i'm emotive and anybody that's watched this show or watched me on live stream i bared my soul cried my eyes out you know the oprah ugly cry has been on here numerous times you know it's like but that also it's part of the journey and that's why you know the i i'm not into the new age attraction marketing but i'm into the fact that likeness does attract likeness Mm -hmm. so if you're a genuine person you're you're gonna have genuine people come to you and and seek out your help and actually this just this week you know i've i had a listen i've had a listener uh tuned into this show for quite some time who messaged me recently just this week and said, Hey, can you coach me? Now I haven't been putting out the coach thing. I mean, I'm a retired marriage counselor. I can coach like with my eyes shut, but I, you know, but I've always wanted to do that. And she just messaged me, Hey, I'll pay you this much if if you coach me. (laughs) Okay, sure. You know? And so, but, but that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been vulnerable, you know, and been who I am as a real person. Right. Because people can see through your crap. Right. (laughs) You know, oh, yeah, they they can. And, um, you know, as a Christian, on top of it, you have to bear that title as well and represent God. (laughs) Hey, we're repping you, God, you know, so, (laughs) you know, and 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 you can almost get double whacked because if you don't, then somebody's going to call you out on that, too. Yeah. You know, it's so funny you talk about emotions because that's been something like that I've really been paying attention to lately is um, I'm listening to emotional intelligence 2.0. Yeah, I have that. Um, but in general, like, I, so I, my website, Credo Collective, that actually takes you to my Facebook group, my community. But um, Credo is Latin for, I believe. So your Credo is actually like your philosophy, the set of principles that guide you. And so I created an acronym around credo. Um, basically, if you elevate your credo, right, you increase your opportunities. And your credo is your convictions, your relationships, your experiences, your decisions, and opportunities. All those things in your life are in this cycle. And you have to be aware of how all of those things move you. Right. So like our foundation is our convictions, right? Our moral compass, like that's the base of everything. But then we have our relationships, experiences, and decisions throughout life that program our mind and programming happens. You get these results, right? That cause emotion. So programming kind of this, the root of it is your emotion. And so I've been paying more attention because if we can, we can take our emotions and determine, um, how to guide it, then our actions are going to give better results, which is going to reinforce positive programming. Right. And so I know that was a lot, a mouthful, but um, I've been really paying attention to emotions lately. And I, you know, one thing that was an aha moment for me recently, I just shared this on my Facebook, but I did some scary things last week uh, when I was in Mexico, I jumped off a cliff really. (laughs) And so uh, swinging by a rope, um, one of my biggest fears. And I also did something totally different, but I walked into a a courthouse in, um, 
anyway, I won't get into that, but I, I made a stance for my rights in a certain situation. And I was so scared going in there. I, I like, I was feeling the, the emotion that I would call fear. Okay. In both of those situations. And then I was like, no, I'm listening to emotional and, you know, the emotional intelligence. And I'm like, no, I get to determine what this feeling means. And instead of fear, it's courage. What I'm feeling is that I'm about to act in courage. Right. And so in both situations, I acted in courage and I stood my ground in the courthouse. And then when I was on that cliff, I jumped off. (laughs) And so I, I realized that fear and courage are the same emotion with different outcomes. It's the action that we take in the emotion that determines what it is. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing with, um, actually, let me look. That's that's so good. I'm writing that down. People, you should be writing this down. You can want, you can watch the replay, but you should be writing it down. Yeah. And that I wrote down too, like the feeling. So you were talking about stuck. I, I put a new graphic up today, but the feeling of stuck is your heart. I really feel like it's your spirit telling you that you're called for more. So we take feeling stuck as a negative emotion, like frustration, like failure, right? right? Mm-hmm. When really it's the feeling that there's more. It's your, your spirit telling you that God has more for you and don't stay where you are because if complacent, right. If you're just comfortable, you don't feel stuck. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just really, I don't know. I love that you said emotions, like, because I think that we, we, it's a new realization for me that emotions are just giving me a choice of how to move forward, how to act. Yeah, they are. And, you know, it's, have you ever read any of a, um, oh, come on, really? I do that all the time. A menopause moment. <laughs> Wait, hold on. We're having a menopause moment. Oh, my gosh. The guy in jail. No. Mm. I know. <laughs> Concentration camp. Eli Wiesel? Yes, him. Eli Wiesel? Was yeah. it, was it, I think it's him. Maybe it's somebody else. I think it could be. Have you ever read the Night Trilogy? Mm-mm. So when I was in graduate school, I had to take a class in adolescent child development. <clears throat> and uh, my professor, who was basically the same age as me, she uh, told us to read this series called the Night Trilogy. It was by Eli Weasel, okay. uh, who was a concentration camp survivor. And the Night Trilogy is about basically his time in the concentration camp and it's very dark because duh hello it's about being in a concentration camp and all of the 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 stuff and it was dark it was dark depressing but also extremely inspiring and I I said to my my teacher her name's Julie I said Julie why why are you having us read this this is I mean this is for adolescent teen development this is the I was expecting, you know, some Judy Bloom or something, not, not this, you know, and I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, you need to read this so that you'll be able to understand the dark nights that these adolescents are going through today. Mm -hmm. So what better, you know, person to read than uh, 
been a Holocaust survivor and, mm-hmm. and his story. And it was very impactful. Sorry, bareface. He hates that word, impactful. But, but it was highly impactful because um, a good writer brings you into, you know, they you're you're there in the in the story um and but some people can go through that same exact experience and it will destroy some people and other people thrive and what's the difference it's all in their perspective and how they receive it right i mean i loved i loved how you just talked about fear and courage being the same emotion that that's so good that's gold yeah. It, it really is. I, you know, and you know, the acronym people always say fear is false evidence appearing real. I actually changed that to faith every day accomplishes results. Oh, I love it. Because forget the fear, you know, we ha- we live in faith. So how has your faith, you know, which clearly you have obviously <laughs> to adopt children, quit your job and a, a whole bunch of other stuff that you did just recently. Um, and so I want to come up closer to more present so you actually shared a video on your, your site, I think it was last night, on one year anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about that, because you guys, yeah. you're going to love this. And I and, and uh, if you've ever not had any money, which I've been there, <laughs> uh, if, you've, if you've ever felt stuck, well, anyway, just listen to Wendy, okay? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a hard one for me because nobody had any idea a year ago what I was going through. So I had, um, you know, really successful network marketing business. And in 2019, I really felt like the Lord was calling me in a different direction and to actually leave that company and join a different one. And um, the, I mean, it was overwhelming, like the re the, just the signs from the Lord that that's what I was supposed to do. But it was a scary move because I was literally walking away from a residual six figure, you know, like five figures a month, every month, whether I worked or not. And that was the sole income that we had and our savings we had spent on adopting. And so, um, we really didn't have much other than that residual income. And so, but I was able to actually sell my business for like six months worth of income. And I decided to do it. Um, and I thought, you know, Oh, I'll just build my business really, really fast. Right. Um, but there's only so much you can do, right. You can work like crazy. Um, but, and I think too, like God allows us to go through some things sometimes to learn things yeah, and to maybe take us to better things. And so, um, looking in hindsight, which I'll get into the story in a minute, but hindsight, I can see why God allowed everything to happen because I never would be doing what I'm doing now had it not. Um, but anyway, so I found myself like going into November of last year and I'm saying to my husband, like, we gotta do something like we're running out of money and my income, you know, at my new business, while I was doing great, we have seven kids. Okay. So right. <laughs> our bills are not like cheap. And because we, you know, had the income we did, like we kind of raised our lifestyle a little bit lessons learned there too. Anyway. So, um, we, uh, just were coming in November and I, I just, I honestly was starting to panic and I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, so it was the first week of December and I, 
was watching this video and I literally, you guys, I had $200 left in my bank account. Um, you know, payday wasn't until the 15th. And then I had my, you know, all my bills due and then Christmas and my paycheck wouldn't cover all that. And so I'm sitting there like when you feel like just you can't breathe, you know, and um, somebody accidentally tagged me in a live video. Um, and it was a woman that I had seen on stage a couple months prior that totally like rocked my world. I don't know, like everything she said was like, oh my gosh, it just spoke to my soul. And so I get accidentally tagged in this. My girlfriend, Mindy's like, I so, so meant to tag a different Wendy, but um, God knew, right? And so I'm watching this woman and she's talking about the year that she had no money at Christmas to buy her kids gifts and how she was at rock bottom and like, you know, it, everything changed after that. And she's telling her story. And as she's telling her story, I just resonated because I'm like, one, I'm upset that I've worked so hard. I've accomplished so much. And now it's embarrassing because nobody knows how broke I am right now. Right. And they're seeing me in my new business and I was promoting like crazy and I was doing well. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't doing well enough for what I needed. And so I, um, I just, I was in tears watching her and I was like, I have to, she was promoting a course that was $500. And I was like, I have to take this course. I have to do it. Like, I know that I need something. Like I was in, I was stuck. I was feeling stuck and like, sorry for myself. And I knew I was feeling all these emotions that I didn't need to feel and these reacting in a way I didn't need to react. Right. And so I was like, I have to do this course, but I knew I didn't have the money. Like I, literally I could try and my card would decline. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and we don't have credit cards or anything like that. So Anyway, the next day I'm like, Lord, if you want me to be, if you want me to learn from this woman, you got to provide a way. And so I was with my friend, Scott, and he was my guitar player for worship and different things we did. And anyway, we were practicing some music and, um, I got to talking to him about, I'm like, man, I just, I listen to this woman and literally not saying any, never in a million years did I think he would do what he did, but I'm telling him about this. And he's like, well, how much is the course? And he had no idea what kind of situation I was in. And I was like, $500. He's like, just do it. And I was like, I can't. I have $200 in my bank account right now. And he was like, Wendy, like, cause he was in shock. Cause he had no mm -hmm. idea. And he said, you know what? I never donated to your adoptions. So I'm going to give you the money for the course. I'll pay for it. Let's sign you up right now. And I was like, Ooh. so he did. And I, a year ago yesterday was my first day in that course. And I changed my morning routine. I started waking up every morning. What she taught us is to wake up. And I always read my Bible, but I never wrote gratitudes. She said, wake up in the morning, write gratitudes, write your goals every single day. And then I did my Bible time. And then I read the scrolls from Ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world. I don't know if you've ever read that. But I have. I've read it. Yeah, yeah. So amazing. And, um, Anyway, I started in this course a year ago yesterday, and by January 14th, um, I had started a new business for my personal brand. So I still have my network marketing business. I started my coaching business. Um, the 4th of January, I started my coaching business. And by the 14th, I had made $12,000 in my coaching business. And it was just like, 
what? Like I had no idea that I could do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and that people would pay me to coach them. But like the first person I got on a call with, she paid me like $3,000, like right there. And I was like, okay, we're doing this anyway. And so I actually wound up joining this woman's mastermind. Danelle Delgado is her name. I wound up joining her mastermind. Absolutely changed everything for me this year. Um, I have a whole new level of belief and vision and I, it's so crazy because I've had all these dreams for so many years of the things I could accomplish, but I had no idea how I would get there. And this year, 2020, I see it. I not only have the vision, but I also have the path. Yeah. And so, um, and I've actually had a six figure year in my coaching business. And, uh, during 2020, during 2020. And, and I have to tell you, I, I'm throwing that in there because a lot of people when COVID hit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people lost their job. Uh, you know, a lot of people went on un- unemployment. Um, a lot of people committed suicide and I'm not trying to be dire, but that has happened. I know people, um, you know, because of that financial stress and stuff, but the direct sales industry completely booming. And then there's people out there who bag on the, the direct sales industry. But the reality is, I know with Legal Shield, our numbers have exploded in this year and, and with yours as well, clearly. Yeah, yeah. I've had definitely record-breaking months. I think I had a record-breaking month in my network marketing business, um, May, June, July, August, September, November. Yeah. So October yeah. was the only month that wasn't my highest ever. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that grew like crazy. And we even had a ton of inventory issues, but it still kept growing, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, even in my company, right? People started to go, oh, stuff isn't shipping. And people with a scarcity mindset or negative, you know, and that are all about the circumstances and not problem solvers. Right. Didn't do well through that. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, no, and a lot quit. A lot quit. I'll go to Walmart yeah. and work. Right. Yeah. And so, but the people that were resourceful and positive and problem solvers, right? We grew. And so, yeah. So grew my network marketing business and, and my coaching business, which okay. I really, with COVID, cause I was doing well with coaching and then COVID hit and I had a couple clients go, just kidding. I can't do that. You know? Yeah. And so I thought, oh, I don't know how well that's going to go, but then in August, I ramped back up again, and my last quarter was the highest earning quarter I've ever had in my career. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. That is so awesome. But I want to throw in there, too, and I said this in my video last night, uh-huh. this has also been the most personally challenging year of my life. Yeah. Um, so I am the mom to seven, but one of my kids is no longer living with us, hmm. our oldest that we adopted. And I'm not going to get into details, but it was a very, literally my worst fear Mm. in bringing him home came true. And, um, and it's just been a lot, like, there's been a lot, like I had a friend whose ex-husband, anyway, there was murder and he's in jail. Like there's all so many things that happened this year that are like, you know, my friend's daughter took her life. Like there's just so many things so much tragedy, so much heartache. And so I, I, and I want to say that because some people 
have looked at me this year and be like, oh, well, you just don't have issues like the rest of us. Oh, yeah, you do. (laughs) And I'm like, let me just tell you about my issues, right? But they, I let them drive me to do more, to achieve more, because I want to be able to give back bigger. And honestly, like Stacey, I don't know if you feel this way too, but it's like, so I struggled for a long time with success. When I became an entrepreneur, I had no problem helping the CEO of whatever company, you know, grow his business. But when it came to my own business, I struggled with this idea of money being a Christian and success. And like, am I being humble? Does God want me to be successful? Am I allowed to promote myself? Like, it was just this weird thing. And I realized that I was um, using um, the disguise of humility to cover my insecurity. And I finally realized that like, God has gifted me and you and everybody watching in certain areas. And we are called to walk in those gifts and to rise up and to be a reflection of the Lord in those gifts. And if we are not doing our best, because here's the thing. I have so many women in the Christian world say to me, I'm just letting the Lord like take this. Like, I'm just going to see what the Lord does. And I'm like, I think that the Bible says that you do everything you can and he'll do what you can't. I think, right? Proverbs kind of says stuff like that. Kind of. Kind of, right? Yeah. Um, And like, to me, that was like a, that was a big learning thing for me through entrepreneurship and understanding, like, I have a responsibility to show up, to be a light, to walk in the gifts I've been given because there are people out there hurting that need that. That's right. And if I'm just going to sit back and be afraid to show up in my business, afraid to do live video, afraid to get on and do an interview with somebody, right? Who my, my mentor says it best. I can't really say it any better than she does. Who loses if you don't win? Mm, that's good. Danelle Delgado. Yeah. I have Powerful. to, yeah. And you know what you just said, you know, I've struggled with that. You know, I've been doing this. I did not start this program as this program, this, this actually started as a book review company. Mm. And then I was on the edges of being a therapist, which I took 13 years to get the degree, five years to get the hours, only to walk away because the Lord told me to after all that, 18 years of my life, people. Uh, But it turned out that here I was getting all these books sent to me from the Christian publishing world. And then I had to make a choice. I had, a, I had to make a moral choice, first of all, because of the field of therapy. Very liberal and very yeah, corrupt, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um, and they, they wouldn't let me help somebody I would, I would want to help, specifically in the, the gay community. That, that was the big hinge issue for me. Um, and so I prayed. I was like, okay. I mean, I live, we were living in Southern California. Uh, Randall was making a six figure income. I, I was working, doing my business, but trying to figure out, okay, well, you don't want me to be a therapist. Obviously you've exploded this over here. Uh, and it, apparently I'm really good, at, good with people and I can interview people and talk off the cuff and blah, blah, whatever. I make it look easy because for me, it is easy. It's my gift, right? Yeah. Never realized that. So I prayed and I said, okay, Lord. Like Gideon, uh, although 
maybe not quite as obnoxious as Gideon. I just recently read a lot about Gideon and how obnoxious he kind of was. But anyway, I uh, threw up a fleece and I said, okay, Lord, look, if you want me to do this, then I want to interview. I'm going to ask for an interview with Amy Grant because I know there's no way in the world that that would ever happen. And, you know, because I'm just a girl in California. Nobody knows me. Yeah. And this was like 2004, mm. 2005. So I get on Google and somehow I knew what to Google. Amy Grant, publicist. Okay. <laughs> Nothing comes up because it's 2004. <laughs> and nobody was online yet, really. But eventually I did find her publicist. And um, it was so funny. I, I, I wrote a little email. I, I write... Dear Amy Grant's publicist, her name's Velvet, by the way. Dear Velvet, I have a show called, I forgot what it was called. I think Mind and Media at the time. Mind and Media. And um, I want Amy to come on it. <laughs> Pretty much it. And <laughs> I'm the owner. Yeah, I am. And the host. Yeah. And, uh, and it was about... Uh, a short time later, I get an email back and they say, thank you for reaching out to Amy Grant. And, um, we, um, have this form we want you to fill out. I was like, all right, I can fill this out. So it's like this long form. How many listeners do you have? Page views, blah, blah, etc." And I'm like, oh, let's see. Let's see page views, maybe 500, you know, <laughs> it was basically nothing. Right, right. right. And then I mail it back. And about five, six weeks later, I was sitting there in my back office at our house in California one afternoon. And I was praying. I was like, well, gosh, I haven't heard anything from Amy's people. So guess I'm not going to get this interview. And about 1.10 in the afternoon, I get this Velvet's email comes through and says, oh, Amy said that she can talk to you Monday for about 10 minutes. Would that work? Yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then this is the fun. This is even the funnier part. So Monday comes. Uh, I have a micro cassette tape recorder and a speakerphone. Right. And Amy Grant calls my house. And you have to understand, because you don't know me, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I had a very, very extremely abusive background. So much so that my mom handed me over and uh, police were involved and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. When I was in high school, my friend Gail, who I met in choir, because I also sing, uh, handed me Father's Eyes, the cassette. Mm -hmm. And that was the very first time I heard any Christian music. Wow. And so here, all of a sudden, I'm talking to Amy Grant, because for a year, my mom wouldn't let me go to church. And that was the only Christian music that I ever had to listen to for a whole year. I actually went to my, my Bible training was campus crusade in my high school because my mom wouldn't let me go to church. So here I am on the phone with Amy Grant, who is my, is basically my first Christian connection ever in the thing. And so they had given me a 12 page bio sheet. I know. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, being the newbie, I'm like, okay, Amy, I'm going to read your whole bio right here in front of you. <laughs> and our 10 minute interview will be up. Yeah, well, uh, but at one point, anyway, make long story short, she, uh, she, 
you know, I was so nervous. <laughs> and she says to me, I just want you to know, it's just us girls. We can just talk. I said, Aww. okay. So we ended up talking. It turned out I was her first podcast, actually. Wow. So, so but, cool. but from that, the door opened for me to do a lot of stuff. And then three years in, the Christian publishers cut me out. They kind of, you know, are slimy. They cut me out. And... Uh, and then I did just a whole bunch of social media stuff and, and just kind of as this has grown, I've learned to monetize a little bit, but it's not because I'm like so humble. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm very proud, but I'm not like, oh, I, I don't deserve money. No, I get frustrated because I do deserve the money, but I just don't know how to make it right. as an entrepreneur. So, you know, that skill set that you have is, is something that I need. <laughs> You can chat. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. Um, but but anyway, all I have to say, it's a common thing. And, yeah. you know, there's no reason why me, some of my friends I've been talking to, we've been dealing with some stuff. We can't get what we want if we do the right thing. And I will just say one last thing that I've learned this year is putting God first, truly putting him first. And just saying, okay, God first, for real. Not fake real, but for real. No no one minute devotion, no one scripture verse of the day, but like I'm in the word and I'm reading the word and I'm studying it and then I'm going to do my work. And if I don't go to a networking meeting, it's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you what happened in the last four months. I've been in this thing. It's exactly what I've been doing. And as you know, in network marketing, you have goals you got to meet, right? If you're going to get your bonus, you got to hit goals, right? So for the last four months, put God first. Every single month, God has come through. Even this month totally mm -hmm. cracked me up. I'm like, okay, Lord, look, I'm so burnt out, you know, but look, I'm putting you first. You know I'm putting you first, yes. right? I'm, and, and now all our network meetings are quitting, you know, and I'm sick of reaching out to these same people and blah, you know, and God's hearing everything. I get this message out of the blue just yesterday. I'm one point from hitting my bonus. <laughs> one oh my measly yes. point. And you know what that means, another membership. you got to hit another. I'm like, really, Lord? Come on, one point. Well, yeah. so I go into LinkedIn, and there's a message in there from a guy that built a website for me a decade ago. Wow. And in the message, he said, I, I see that you're selling this. I, I want to buy it from you. <laughs> or do you know somebody I can buy it from? Now, I busted up laughing when I saw that because I was just like, there it is right there, you yeah. know. And uh, anyway, I love it. Yeah. You know, and Stacey, I so a couple of years ago, um, I I was in that mindset. Well, it wasn't. It was a year ago. I guess it was a year ago. Um, that we do what we can. God does what we can't. And um, I had this, <laughs> like I was working, 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 and I felt like you know things weren't really moving. And all of a sudden, I get a message um, from. I don't. Are you familiar with Ray Higdon? Yeah, I've heard the name. Okay. So he's one of the top 10 network marketing trainers in the world. And so I get a, a message from Ray Higdon's, um, like one of his people that says his wife, Jessica, wants to interview me on her, um, you know, business page um, for Mompreneur Monday. And I was like, what? Like, these are people that I follow. I buy all their stuff, right? And I have no, I still to this day have no idea how they found me. No idea. <laughs> but so I get on and I'm 
doing an interview with her, I'm so stinking nervous. I can't even handle it. Like normally I don't get nervous on interviews, but I just, there was really no prep or anything. And I just, I don't know. I was really nervous and she was really digging in to try and get to my, like, you know, she's like, oh, you have this great story, but how hard is it really? Like, she really wanted me to speak to the pain of it. And I was like, oh, like, anyway, so my, not only was that interview, her most viewed interview outside of Shaleen Johnson, which okay. is, yep. has a huge following, yep. um, most viewed interview outside of her, but somebody just sent me a screenshot a couple of weeks ago and said, Wendy, your story's in Ray and Jessica's book. So they just put out a new network marketing book and my story's in there. And I had no idea it was going in there, but it was one of those things like, just like with God, like, okay, okay. Because I, it's like, I, you can only do so much, right? Like you can right. do all the things, but like there's certain things that he's working out that we don't see. Right. And that was one of those like moments for me that I'm like, all right, God, you got my back. Right. Like yeah. I do what I can, you do what I can. Yeah. You're only, re- you're only responsible for your activity, not the result. Mm-hmm. right yep, exactly yeah but the problem is, is that a lot of people don't do the activity and then they get mad at the result exactly. which is which is the result that's the result so okay well my husband here has been telling me we need to shut up <laughs> in a nice way this way and all that so uh yeah and so it's been great talking to you so go ahead tell everybody where they can get you they can find you they can and and feel free to plug your your product and your 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 company and your your direct sales company as well okay so i'm cool uh, yeah indirect sales like say the name of the company yeah okay i'm with modair um and i absolutely love it we have clean living non-toxic products anything from oral care to hair care to diet nutrition um you know, whatever you want. So, um, absolutely love it. My favorite product is the collagen. So, um, and then as far as social media, um, Wendy Lee online, uh, facebook.com slash Wendy Lee online or Instagram. I've recently been shadow banned on Instagram. So would love any love y'all can give me over there. (laughs) So, um, instagram.com slash Wendy Lee online. And then of course my website, um, the link below that URL will take you to my Facebook community. Um, I go live in there and do training Monday through Friday. And um, it's just a nice fun place to learn and grow together. And um, I also do, you know, one-on-one coaching. And then I have a group mastermind coaching for women that it's specifically my mastermind is for women that want to build a six figure income in network marketing. Um, Yeah. And I want to add, because you didn't, that Facebook can be a butthead. Uh, they they actually banned you. I mean, you had to start over. So again, that's another like punch in the face yeah. to Wendy. You know, yeah. you know. August, I came home from a retreat. I was all fired up, ready to grow, 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 you know. And then I woke up and my Facebook was like, um, you have violated community standards and your Facebook account has been deactivated. And I was like, what? <laughs> Doesn't tell me what I violated, how I violated it. Nothing. Just literally shut it down. So every video that I had in my training group for five years gone, like everything gone and never got it back. But I just let it another one of those circumstances. I just let it drive me to show up bigger. And I did. And learned to back up someplace else. And I learned lots of. 
lots of good lessons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people just tell you, Wendy, she's gone through it. She's got seven kids. She's got a husband. She's had her, you know, a lot of hard knocks here. We're not talking, you know, you know, she broke her fingernail. Okay. We're talking like serious stuff, uh, which, you know, that is serious, but not as serious. Um, so hopefully this has inspired you. Wendy, you've inspired me and I'm glad you came on the show. Thank you uh, for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody go to her website, credocollective.com. If you need that, we'll go ahead and put that under in the, in the notes so that you, you have it directly. And uh, as I always say, people, be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you. Yeah, he does. And thanks for tuning in.